Welcome to the Sunday session on NRL.com. Round 25, the final round of the regular season is done and dusted. The finals teams are locked in. Eight uh, clubs can start planning for season 2022. My name is Chris Kennedy. My regular co-pilot, Kenny Scott, is here as always. Kenny, how are you? I'm pretty good, mate. And here we are, round 25 completed right at the end. How exciting. It's my very great pleasure and privilege to welcome uh, Sharks, Blues, Kangaroos, long-serving Lockturn, Channel 9 commentator Paul Gowan to the podcast. Gal, thank you so much for being here. No worries, boys. Thanks for having me. Well, we'll start with the game that we just saw finish, the uh, the Bulldogs and the West Tigers. I think quite a few people thought the, the Bulldogs might show up in the final game of the year, send a few departing guys out on a high, Will Hopawati, Nick Meany, these sort of guys, uh, Tigers with not a lot to play for. But I don't think anyone saw the margin of this one coming. Gal, it was a, a horror show for the Tigers, but um, just rewards for a few of the guys that the Dogs have been putting in pretty well the, the back end of the season. Yeah, mate. Horror show, horror year, horror everything with the West Tigers. I don't know what you say about the West Tigers. They, I don't know what to think about them. I don't know where they're at as a club, as a rugby league team. They're, they're like they come on the back end of last year and they finish about ninth or tenth. But they just, to me, their roster just doesn't doesn't attract anyone. There's no player in that roster. There's no player in that whole side that, to me, would attract another player to want to go and play with them. I just, I, I don't know how they fix it. I love Michael McGuire as a bloke. I would love to be coached by him personally. I love his intensity. I love his, his uh, how brutal he can be or how brutal he wants it to be because he knows the game is, how hard he trains him, but he just can't get it out of those flat, that playing group he's got. I don't know if it's him, the playing group. I don't know what it is, but something's amiss at the Tigers, that's for sure. They're in all sorts. And the Bulldogs, well done to them. I'm just upset. And then they picked him in my tipping comp. I actually wrote, wrote down to pick him in my tipping comp. I text Shane Flanagan during the week. Should I take them? And he said, I don't think so. And what do you know? He took them. He took the dogs and I never. Stitch you up. Um, what do you yeah. make of the performance of the dogs? They've been getting a little bit better towards the back end of the year. I thought, you know, Jack Hetherington, he's sort of been on the wrong side of the, um, you know, the, that, little white line a few times, but I thought he found a pretty good balance in this game. Will Hopawati, I'm sure you've had a bit to do with, gets to finish his uh, his Bulldogs career on a, a high. Josh Jackson's been a warrior for them all year. A few little, you know, positive signs for the Dogs in the, the final game of the year. Yeah, a few, but look, I mean, yeah, all the pressure's off, there's no pressure on them, so I can't give them too much of a wrap. They only won three games a year, but they finished the year off on an absolute high. Uh, speaking of Heather, I, I love him as a player, I've got to be honest, I really like him as a player. He's just the type of guy I'd love to shake and say, mate, you're a good player. Just wake up yourself. You don't have to be the toughest guy on the block anymore. Just go out there and play rugby league. He just gets himself in a little bit too much strife. As you said, he finds himself on the other, other, other side of the of the law, so to speak, at times. But he's a very good player. He's a very athletic body. He's got good skill. I see him as a future rep player, possibly. If he could just straighten himself up a little bit, just smart himself up, just, just not try to be the, the tough guy all the time. I think he could become a red player. I think he's a really, really good player. Josh Jackson's been a red player for a long time and, and he's a great player, as you know. And Will Hopper, he was a, he's a dream player, has been for a great, great long time. Uh, and it's great to see him be able to send him out a winner. Kenny, a resident, long-suffering West Tigers fan, I, I know you probably weren't, didn't have high hopes going into this one, but what did you make of this, watching this all unfold? Oh, yeah, I've seen some pretty tough Tigers losses over the years, but... This one, even though it had you know zero consequence behind us, was probably behind it was probably one of the hardest ones to take. It was it was a very very bad showing. So um, it was a meaningless game. Uh, let's not dwell on it and move on here. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Tiger's attitude. 
<laughs> that's, the, that's the spirit. They'll uh, they probably end a few weeks off after that one. They, they just need to get away from the game for a little bit and clear their heads. Let's talk about the uh, the earlier Sunday game, Gal. Another one where I kind of a lot of people would have tipped this one, but certainly not the margin of the result. Heartbreak for the the Sharkies who are watching on uh, this one, hoping for either a tight game or a, a Warriors win. They got anything but the Titans, forty four points to nil. There's plenty of fire. I think there were four sin bins uh, through the game. It all blew up. Uh, towards the end. What do you make of this one? Yeah, oh, look, the Sharkies can't feel too bad. I mean, when, you, when you're getting beaten by teams like the Dogs throughout the year, that's that's your own fault. You want to have your, your destiny in your own hands and the Sharkies, yeah, you don't have to rely on other results back in the season. That's unfortunate for the Sharks. But I obviously was on the Warriors today, uh, barracking for the Warriors, hoping they could get the job done so the Sharkies would make the top eight. But the Titans were just outstanding. And I've got to say, I, I feel bad saying this because bagging the Warriors, it feels like you're, you're killing Bambi because they've done such a terrific job over the past <laughs> couple of years to keep this competition going. And they've been, and they've been pretty good, to be honest. We were a lot, with a number of injuries and the things go against them, but they've been pretty good. But today they embarrassed themselves. They were nowhere near it today. I think their completion rate for the entire game was like 55% or something. In the first half, was about 50. They, um, they let themselves down today terribly. They have been so good the past couple of years. I say keep this competition going, but they really let themselves down today in all areas of the game. And to see that last 20 minutes, to see Blake start to fire up when the, when the game's over. I mean, smash Blake from the start of the game. Rip into Blake from the start of the game. Not, not at the 60-minute mark when the game's over. You had 28 points to nil. Uh, that was disappointing for me. And a couple of guys sent to the Symbian, and I think Evans will, will probably get suspended again for it. And maybe, maybe larger. I don't, I don't know, but... Um, yeah, disappointing way to finish a year, year for me for the Warriors because they, because they have been absolutely outstanding in the past couple of years. And as I said, I, I feel bad giving it to them a little bit, but you got to be honest in your assessment of them today and they weren't good. Yeah, season just went one week too long, I think, for the uh, Warriors. Kenny, the, uh, the Titans, on the other hand, plenty to play for and they absolutely uh, brought it. Yeah, it was unbelievable. I, I didn't, uh, to be honest, I didn't have much faith in the Titans. I didn't know you know, with such a high stakes game and so much on the line, if they could actually do it because they've been a bit shaky throughout the year. But I mean, they were enthusiastic. They seemed pretty, other than a, a blip right at the beginning when the Warriors almost scored um, basically off the kickoff. Other than that, they were, they were pretty switched on for most for the, the rest of the game. So I thought um, it was a great showing. You know, it's about time the Titans had a bit of love. Um, you know, it's good to make sure we've got a Queensland team in the finals as well. So um, I was pretty point. relieved. And then, um, yeah, and and towards the end of that game, Gal, you're right. I mean, the Warriors sort of just went, they just, they just lost it, didn't they? And then to have three plays in the bin, it's kind of, I mean, the game basically descended into fast by that stage anyway. So disappointing end for, for them. But yeah, go the Titans and go Queensland. Gal, do you have a view on the David Fafita sort of bench strategy? It's sort of, it's worked and it's not worked to, to sort of both extremes since it's been happening. But he was good today. A couple, a couple more tries, 17 for the season now. Yeah, he's 17 tries for the season. Um, the guy... It's hard for me when, when you're, you're a back rower on uh, over a million dollars a year. For me, when you're, when you're a million-dollar man, you've got, to be, you've got to be in your top two or three players week in, week out. And that's every single week, not when you're winning 48 points or 44 points in the other than today. He's, for me, he's got to be consistent every single week. He's great at times. He's, he's absolutely outstanding at times. And, look, I, I just think when you're on that sort of money, with a high price tag comes high expectation. And if you're not there every week, people are going to scrutinise your game and look at your game even more. And that's the, that's the position they have for feeders in at this point in time. You see it year in, year out. Someone goes from another club on a high, high, really high wage, high profile, and if they don't perform, people bag them. People, people get into them because high, big things are expected from them. And look, he's been pretty good. You can't say he hasn't... Uh, 
hasn't delivered. He has delivered 17 tries throughout the season. He, he scored more tries in there of a tight in the entire season. So he has done okay, but I just think it's, I think what a lot of people expect is him to be the best player every single week, and he just probably hasn't been that week in, week out for the Titans. But he's been pretty good all in all. And uh, But I, I agree before with the Titans. I, I wasn't expecting them to win today. Uh, whenever there's been any expectation on the Gold Coast Titans, they've fallen mm. over. But to go out today and mm. win by 40 points um, shows there's something there. And hopefully, if you're a Titans fan, they can do something in the semifinals. Well, yeah, against the Roosters side, let's be honest, against the Roosters side, who at some stage have got to run out of petrol. They have been <laughs> yeah. unbelievable. Like, seriously, they have just been unbelievable still in the competition. That, that some stage you've got to run out of petrol. And if you're a Titans fan, you know, who knows? It might be next week. Oh, yeah, Fafita with a big chance to earn that price tag in a, uh, a sudden death uh, final against the Roosters next week. Uh, Saturday footy finished off with the uh, the Seagulls, 46 points to 18 winners over the Cowboys. Now, can you believe this? 46 points to 18, they won. They were up by six points with about 11 minutes to go. And then, uh, like they did the back end of the first half, Tommy Turbo in particular, but the, the finish to this game, just uh, almost never seen footy like it, Gal. Absolutely. I mean, I watched that game and yeah, you right, it was a close game and all of a sudden, bang, they just clicked together and clicked in the gear and, and just flew home and you know, 46 points. They're, they're an amazing side, Manly, and I've, I've got to say, I, it's hard to call them an amazing side because you don't just give all the wraps to one bloke, but I've, you've got to, we've got to be honest. Tommy Turbo is Manly. He, he's just Manly. He's just freakish at this point in time. I was thinking about it today. I was thinking back to 2009 when Jared Hayne was at his best and back to 2012 when it was Ben Barber. I, I don't, I can't really remember week in, week out footy, but I, I don't know about this dominant. Oh, I think he's a Dalian player of the year and he's just so good at the moment, what he's doing at this point in time. When that last trial was scored last night, I was just watching the TV, watching Gary Farron, just thinking, where's Turbo? He'll pop up in a second. Where is he? Lo and behold, who scores a try? Tommy Turbo. He's just everywhere. Yeah, those are the two obvious uh, comparisons. It's actually that try that Turbo scored where he beat half the Cowboys team. He was bouncing off blokes and he ended up scoring. Reminded me of that try that Hainsey scored against the Dragons in that final where he beat about eight blokes to, to score. I thought there were really strong parallels. And um, yeah, the you know I would have said, Probably Hainsey had him for in terms of comparisons for most of this year, but the fact that Tommy's still doing it and now doing it going into the finals, I think he's probably got a chance to to lay claim to the, the most dominant season um, that we've seen um, in the, the modern era. Kenny, uh, I guess rough last sort of game of the year for the, the Cowboys, but Manly uh, finishing on an enormous high and giving us plenty for the highlight reels. Yeah, like, I mean, good on the Cowboys. Like I said, they were, you know, Manly are playing spectacular football. They've got Tom Dubovic, who is in unbelievable form. So for the Cowboys, who are, you know, down on confidence, down on troops, and as, as Todd Payton has been saying for a while, down on um, mental toughness, for them to be in the fight for most of the game, I think is a, a good sign. Um, but then, yeah, Manly just unleashed a whole bunch of, I don't know what you'd call that, but it was abs- it was just insanity towards the end. That very last try, that run, the fact that Ruben Garrick even thought to, like, not just kick the ball dead after the siren, but I'm going to try and set up a 110 meter try here for no res- like it won't change the result whatsoever. It just sort of says shows the space that Manly's in at the moment. They're they're positive and they're hungry, and it's uh it bodes well for them going into the finals. Of course, it was Tommy Turbo that was on the end of that final try uh, when they got there. The first Saturday game, 35 points to 22. The Broncos over the Knights. Gal, the Knights, uh, not really, like nothing to play for in terms of the ladder, but they obviously, the fact they played Ponga and Pierce, they, they rested a few of their forwards. Um, I don't really know what to make of this from the, the Knights. Broncos obviously were pretty good and, and finished on a high, but are you worried about the Knights heading into the, uh, the finals? Oh, well, look, I've got to be honest, I don't think anyone challenged for competition really other than the, the Panthers and the Storm. And at this point in time, I mean, let's get to the pen next week where the, 
Munster and Adokar players, what Manly can do with them there. But the, the Knights, it's a hard one. I'm surprised they played Ponga and Pierce at all. I'm surprised they even ran on the field. Nothing nothing to play for. They couldn't change the, where they finished on the ladder at all. They rested some of their bigger forwards, as we know, and guys like Bradley and guys like that. So I'm surprised they played them. Um, am I worried about that? As I said, I, I don't think they can do much in the semifinals anyway. So, look, they did what they had to do. They went out there. They were beaten. The, the Broncos had a bit to play for, sending Milford out a, a winner. Alex Glenn, their captain, he was, it was his last game for the club. So they had a bit to play for. And I reckon that the Newcastle Knights, not playing much semi-final footy the past you know, year, four, four, five, six years, they probably just wanted to get through it injury-free. And I think that was probably reflective in their performance. Any what do you make of this one? Milford, like Al said, he's had a really strong finish to the season. A few little bright shoots. You know, Selwyn Cobbo had a really nice game. You know, Tessie News had a good finish to the year. So they'll at least take a little bit of a bounce into the offseason. I thought it was a great game for Brisbane because we've, we've spoken about it the last couple of weeks. The last... The last quarter of this season, the Brisbane's changed, I think, um, noticeably from, you know, a scared, almost depressed team to like one that's got positive and, and you know, has a good things on the horizon. And I think the way they played this game, it seemed like they were having fun. Like Anthony Milford, yeah, he's moving on, but, you know, he, he seemed like he's had the weight of the world on his shoulders for most of this year, but he seemed, you know, light and sprightly and, and setting, setting up tries and he, was, he, he looked great. I thought it was a good showing for them, even though, again, relatively meaningless in the grand scheme of things. Um, and Newcastle, I don't really know what to make of them. They were pretty poor. I don't know what it says um, if, like, to me, Newcastle didn't really seem to be doing anything until Pierce and Ponga were taken off the field. And I don't know if that's just because everyone was feeling a bit of pressure. Um, and then once they were off, you know, everyone thought, oh, well, let's just muck around and see what we can do. But um, I don't know. They just don't seem to be, I don't think they'll go far into the finals, that's for sure. Yeah, no, I think we're probably all on the same page there. The Friday night second game, uh, Panthers 40 points to six. This one finished up. Gal, pretty tight uh, first half. Eels obviously rested probably eight or nine of their, their best players, all the starting middles that were so good against the Storm week before sitting out, both halves sitting out, uh, fullback and captain sitting out. So I don't know how much you really read into this one, but I think probably both coaches got what they needed to get out of this one. Yeah, I think so. The Panthers have had uh, a number of injuries, a number of players away from their squad, I'd say the previous, it was since the end of Origin, to be honest. Yeah. So they haven't really had their, their top side playing a hell of a lot together. So I'm, I'm not surprised they didn't rest anyone getting into the semi finals. This is sort of their last hit out as a full squad before the semi finals. So um, the fact they ran up 40 points, so, so they should have. But the Parramatta Reels in that first half, all them young guys that were playing, some guys on their boo, although they're outstanding, they, you know, I think it was only 12 points to six at half time. Yeah. And the Eagles were well and truly in the fight. They really took it to the Panthers side who were at full strength. So I uh, you know some good signs there for the Eels going into the future with some of them young guys. There's a bit of depth there, that's for sure. So, um, now them, them guys who play for the Parramatta Eels the other day can be proud of themselves and very happy about the way they performed that first half. But the big thing about the NRL, guys, it's an 80-minute performance, and that's what makes these top teams so good. They play for the 80 minutes. We've seen a number of times this year, Melbourne tested in the first half, Penrith tested in the first half, South at times, but... They just, they just do it for 80 minutes. That's the difference between – that's why they are where they are on the ladder and, and Parramatta Real are down in, in fifth or sixth spot. Um, they play for 80 minutes and they're able to play the final whistle and they're not running up 40 points. They did what they had to do. 
Did you have much of a view on the back and forth all week about Brad Arthur resting players? We've seen Parramatta fall out of the finals pretty meekly uh, the past few years, straight sets last year. They just sort of, they, they play such a, a high intensity, up-tempo physical game. Um, they seem to run out of puff towards the, the back end of the year. Brad Arthur's obviously looked at that and said he's got to try things a, a little bit differently. The, the criticism was they were sort of throwing away the momentum they built a week before against the, the Storm. Do you, do you reckon either one sort of has more weight than the other? I thought the same thing initially when I saw their side named. Uh, I thought, what, why are they resting players for? Keep the momentum going. You've got to look at their previous six weeks before they were hopeless. I think they lost four or five in a row. Just great home against the Cowboys who were going hopeless. And then uh, a, a wonderful winning against the Melbourne Storm would have given them a hell of a lot of confidence, although Melbourne did rest a few players. But I thought they would have kept the role going. But the more I stopped and thought, thought about it, I think finishing fifth or six was the best option for them. I think when you look at this round, I think, man, they were always going to beat the Cowboys going into that round. They were always going to finish in fourth position. So I think Parramatta have been as fresh as they possibly can that first week of the semifinals. I spoke to Brad Arthur on Friday night before the commentary, and he said a number of the guys that were rested wouldn't have, wouldn't have made it anyway through injury. They had a few bumps and bruises, so they needed to be rested anyway. Yep. So I think it's the best thing for the Parramatta club and team to go as deep as they possibly can in this semi-final series. Have they finished in fourth position uh, and played the Melbourne Storm week one in the semi-final? I think they would have been touched up. Then all of a sudden they run into a team coming off a win, first week of the semi-finals. They're probably battered and bruised. They go out and straight set again. I think this way, they play, who they play first week? Newcastle. Newcastle they probably yeah. win that game. They probably win that game. And then all of a sudden they go into round two of the semi-finals. Uh, you know, hopefully fresh, hopefully full of confidence and play a team coming off a loss where they may be able to get another win and, and then go into a grand final qualifier where anything can happen. It's interesting to see how that one does uh, pan out. I've just noticed that I skipped all the way past the uh, South and Dragons game on the uh, Saturday night. So we'll throw the chronological order out a little bit and go back there. Um, Gal, 20 points to nil. The uh, the Bunnies are up. A, a few late tries for the, the Dragons. South, obviously one of the teams that rested all of their uh, their top line stars. A pretty uh, poor finish uh, to a poor season for the uh, the Dragons, but South able to get the job done, even though they were missing all yeah. their, their good players. No, Dragons are... Hopeless, shocking. Seriously, like you know, we, we, we give it to, to the Warriors a bit before, but the, the Dragons are worse. They they're throwing this season away. They, <laughs> I could swear right now. They, and I'm not a drag, I'm not a Dragons fan at all. I'm not a Dragons fan. I'm just frustrated when you just see just just players not do the right thing and and just and throw their season away. To be honest, and to be beaten by that South Sydney side the other night it was. Um, Oh, that's pretty embarrassing for, for that Dragon side, I'd say. They, they, they've got some quality first grades in that side. Against like, Wayne Bennett was asked about a halfback. He goes, man, I haven't seen him play. The kid had hardly played a game for two years. He scored the first try of the game. Like, it was embarrassing for the Dragons. Absolutely embarrassing. There's nothing else to say about it. They were shocking. They were poor. Kenny, I, I guess if you're a, a South fan, you're feeling pretty good about your uh, your B team getting up a, a win in the, the last round of the season and all those guys who haven't played much or, or any footy getting a, a gallop under their belts as well. I think it was a really good uh, a good showing for the Baby Bunnies. Um, I think having Benji there sort of steering them around as the senior player really helped them. I think when he was off the field, yeah, they kind of lost their way. The game was probably already won by that stage anyway, but I think it shows... Uh, yeah, there are uh, good things on the horizon for the Rabbits, regardless of the, the turnover they're going to have in terms of uh, long-term senior players moving on. So, um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're a strong, stable club and, and, and it shows. So, um, yeah, good things for them. Dow, do you have a view on the, uh, the fullback role? Has Blake Taft done enough or do you reckon there's a reshuffle coming? Alex Johnston, Cody Walker, they've got options to go back there. 
Part of me thought when it first happened, maybe maybe throw Cody Walker back there. He might not have to do as much uh, defense, obviously. And then you've got Benji Marshall that can come to the half. So you got, you know, attacking weapons everywhere then. But I think Blake, Blake Taff is pretty tough. good the other night. He was good. Um, he brings the, back, the ball back really high. He's got some ball skills as well. That's his position. I, I think they'll stick with uh, Taff at fullback and and uh, Benji will probably stay on the bench and obviously Walker at 5'8". They'll keep that. They won't change it too much because if you... You start mixing around the times. You got to remember, Benji, as good as he's been at times this year, he doesn't play a lot of footy for them. Um, when the games, he only gets thrown in the last ten minutes normally, uh, and that's when they're up by a fair bit. And, uh, and the games during the year when he was thrown in there, you know, that was during the origin period where players were out, or all players were out or injured. So I think um, I think they'll keep the structure as much as they possibly can, and, and, and Taff will go to fullback. Yeah, for sure. Um, after that brief trip back to uh, Saturday night, we're going to jump ahead uh, back to uh, to Friday, Gal. Your Sharkies um, had it all to play for, but uh, even though the storm rested a few players, it was still a, uh, a huge ask against a team absolutely packed uh, with quality. 28 points to, to 16 at the final score. There were some uh, some bright moments, but like you touched on at the, the start of the show, leaving themselves in that situation, needing to beat Melbourne in the final round to, to get into the finals. Uh, the damage was probably done earlier in the season. Yeah, Devings was done. Yeah, there's a couple of games that they should have won during the year and, and, and would have been there anyway. But it's got to give credit to the Melbourne Storm days. They just keep keeping on. You know, I, I, we've forgotten about the greatest player of all time, in my opinion, Cameron Smith. He's left this yeah. season and yeah. we've just forgotten about him. <laughs> we spoke about him for a week or two. I think we had a picture of him wearing the Melbourne jersey the first round, the first game he hadn't played for four, 450 yards, wherever it's been. And they just keep keeping on. And even without him, they just, they're still probably premiership favourites. And that they're just outstanding. The, the systems they have in place down there, uh, the senior players, the coaching they have down there is just outstanding. And the way they're able to just perform week in, week out, and whoever just comes in and puts that jersey on is expected to do a job. If they don't do a job, they just get someone else to do it. It's, it's a ruthless winning mentality. But that's why they're winners. Everyone loves a winner. And that's why they they are where they are. And, yeah, the Sharkies, for me, they, they need to take a little bit out of that game or in the future and, and have a little bit of that mentality themselves. doesn't matter where you are on the ladder, who's playing what position. You've got a job to do, and if you don't do it, someone else is going to come and take my job. And um, now that's what the Melbourne Storm did the other night. Whoever stepped in and put that jersey on just did the job to the best of their ability and, and outclassed the Sharkies. You go back to the start of the season, you talk about Cam Smith. The, the Storm lost to the, the Eels and the Panthers round two and three. Harry Grant was still out with a, a leg injury at that point. Brandon Smith doing the hooking job on his own. He was actually, I thought, a little bit dusty to start the season. His service from dummy half wasn't that great. That was before he went on that try-scoring spree. And all the questions Craig was getting was around, how do you learn to play without Cameron Smith? And it was sort of a, it was a big legitimate question at that point in time. But what they've done since then, especially since Harry Grant's come back, they've sort of revamped their whole attack based around those guys being very different style of player to to Cameron Smith and um, what Craig's done with that squad, having lost the, the best player that we've seen in the modern era is, is truly remarkable. It is. And when you look at Brandon Smith and, the, and his passing game, it's because we've just been so used to the crispness and the, and the quality of Cameron Smith. And then zinging 20-metre passes off the ground to hit halfbacks on the chest in the perfect position. And look, Brandon Smith probably doesn't have quite that amount of skill, but he's just tough as nails. And I actually think Melbourne are at their best when they're both on the field. When, when yep. he goes into the lock ball position and runs off him, the, just the power and the speed they got around the ruck. You throw Papenhausen around the ruck, when you go Hines in around the ruck, they um, you know, they just you know, have a lot of quality in, in the middle of the field where the game's so important. And, and uh, I think that's when they're at their best. 
Kenny is a, a fan watching on. Uh, can we all just be um, joyful at the performance of Ryan Pappenhausen in this one? We were talking just a, a week ago. He looked a bit hesitant and hasn't been quite been himself since coming back from those uh, that concussion layoff. But um, back to his scintillating best in this one. Yeah, it was it was great to watch, wasn't it? And it was also yeah, kind of relieving because he, I mean, he left when he got that big hit and had to take the time out. He was in spectacular form, and yeah, the you know, since he's been back, it's been a bit shaky, but. Uh, back to his best. It's great to see. Even with that dirty haircut, he's still a he, you know he's a superstar player. It's great to see him at his best. Gal, the, before we move on from the uh, the Sharkies, I think a lot of us sort of put the the red pen through them once they uh, they sent Bomber packing. We thought there's no way they're going to do anything with you know the the disruption they've got at the club. But um, you know there's plenty of positives out of this year. I thought the emergence of, of Will Kennedy, Connor Tracy's been fantastic for them just the last few weeks. Uh, what Luke Metcalf and, and Braden Trindle have been able to do. There's um, you know there's some positives to take into next year for sure. Yeah, I think so. And yeah, particularly Will Kennedy. Will Kennedy. Um has been absolutely outstanding all year. And I still remember three, four, five years ago at training, Will Kenny would come and train against us as a kid and he would carve us up. He would destroy us at training. Just out the back through on two situations, you'd get, get it right every single time. And as he kept going year in year, he kept doing it week in, week out, year in, year out of training. And I always said that it was the flannel at the time. I said, mate, what's the go with this kid? Go, mate, he, just, he just can't do it in the game. And when you'd watch him play, he did struggle. But the... The bigger he got, the older he got, the more he matured as a person. He started to get it and get it over and over. And as I said, he continued to do it in training. And now he's finally got a bit of self-belief as well. You throw that self-belief on his, his actual ability. And he's doing it week in, week out in, for, in, in the actual game now, which is so important, which is where it's required. And, um, yeah, I, I personally think he's been the Sharks' best player all year. He'll, he'll get the player of the year, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Actually, um, I covered a trial game at Shark Park. It would have been about five years ago. It was one of those, you know, the second week of the trials, you sort of play your top squad for the first half an hour and then pull all the good players off and give the, the kids a run. And Will Kennedy would have been, I don't know, 18 at the time. He looked like he was about 55 kilos. He was such a skinny kid. But the second he got on, I don't think I'd heard of him until that game. And I was watching him move around. I'm like, this kid's going to be special. He was really eye-catching. Yeah, no, he's a, he's a quality player. As I said, he's been doing it for many many years of training and and finally he's well not finally he, he had a pretty good year last year too but he's just he's True. got that self-belief on, on top of maturity you throw you throw the maturity self-belief and just he's physically a man now you throw that on top of it all and, and put it all together and he's going good the uh, first game of the weekend, there were high stakes in this one. The Roosters up against the Raiders. The Raiders obviously had to win um, to give themselves a, a chance at the finals, or uh, I think they would have made the finals if they'd won uh, this one. They were pretty meek uh, in the end. And Gal, the Roosters, like you mentioned at the start, with all the players they got out, are still able to put in a performance like that. Yeah, look, the Raiders were horrible. I've, I've bagged the Warriors, bagged the Dragons. You've probably got to bag the Raiders too. They were hopeless. I'll, t- I'll tell you, I won't bag them, but I'll tell you what, I'll tell you why you know they were, they were horrible. Ricky Stewart is the best coach for sticking up for his players. He will always stick up for his players and always back his players. I'll, I'll say almost no matter what. He's just such a good bloke in that regard. And that's why you want to play for him so much. I love playing for him back in the day. But in the game, the press conference, Ricky Stewart sits there and says, we, we, if, no offense to the Roosters, but if we can't ba- beat that side of there tonight, we might as well go home. We're just wasting everybody's time. We might as well just pack up and go home. For him to say that in the post-match press conference goes to show how disappointed he was in that effort by his team. But I can't keep bagging everyone. I want to give the Roosters a wrap. I spoke to the moment in the Melbourne Storm um, and their mentality. Well, that's the Roosters' mentality as well. And you've got to look at it over the years. They, they just get rid of players. And people have... 
Roosters fans and people are blowing up at the time. A couple of games in, they win a few games. All of a sudden, they go and win a premiership, and it's all forgotten about. Their, their ruthless winning mentality is just what makes them so good. And, and the, again, the person who just comes in and puts that jersey on has a job to do, and they're expected to do it. And if you don't do the job, we get go and get someone else. And that's the Roosters. Look at that team they put out the other night. There was a... I'm not, don't, I want to be respectful as well, but that, that, the Raiders, with everything they played for, should have beat that side tonight. But the guys out there from the Roosters just did the job, did what was required of them, and, and got the win. And uh, Tremendous. Absolutely great win. And just goes to show where the club's at. Kenny, what do you make of this one? The um, you know, as a, a Raiders fan, you would have been pretty disappointed. But as a Roosters fan, seeing Adam Kieran comes to the club as a utility playmaker, scoring a hat trick at centre, Ben Marshke, most of us hadn't heard of at the start of the year, playing hooker. He scored a try. You know, Lachlan Lamb job sharing with Sam Walker in the halves, while Luke Keary's out, and they're doing a, a great job. I mean, I didn't think that this would be an easy game for either team, but I definitely expected the Raiders to win. And I, I, I think, I mean, as Gal was saying about. Ricky's comments in the press conference, like they just, they just sort of fell apart, didn't they? The Roosters, how do they keep, how do they keep getting a team together each week? I don't know. Cause I remember we were talking about, I think it was like round two or three when the Roosters absolutely monstered the Tigers with their like, you know, almost full strength squad minus Boyd Corner, just, you know, 17 superstars and just thinking this team is unstoppable. And as the years gone by and players have dropped off for whatever reason, they've run out. Like surely they've run out of players. How do they keep, Stringing, stringing teams together and stringing wins together. It's quite unbelievable. So um, I think a great morale boosting win for the Roosters who might go on, you never know, like they might go on to do something in the finals. If, if Gal was saying, you know, they, they run out of petrol, then so be it. But I mean, the, the way they keep playing, you know, anything's possible, right? And the poor old Raiders, they had it They had it a couple of years ago. They haven't got it at the moment. Something's gone wrong there. What do you reckon, Gal, about the Roosters in the finals? They get the Titans in week one. Let's say they uh, they manage to beat them, whether they scrape home or, or put a score on them. They then go into a, a semi-final against a you know a team coming off a um, off a, a loss. The quality they've got and the, the performance they put together. Can you see them going you know to a prelim or even potentially making a GF? I'll tell you why. Look, I've got to say, I, I just the way the year's gone, I can't see anyone really going past the Melbourne Storm or the Panthers to be in the grand final, but. Semi-final throws up a lot of different things. Uh, you know, injuries, you throw on top of that, chemistry up there for the Melbourne Storm. That may play a part in semi-finals, who knows? But um, the Roosters, big games are won by forwards. I know Manly's got Tommy Turbo and, and, and Cherry Evans and some good outside backs and, and so a lot of the other teams. But I think the big games are won by forwards, particularly in the middle of the field. And when I look at that Roosters pack, they've lost a lot of their backs and their halves and and guys like that, but they've still got Jared Ruhagas is due back, um, Takiyaho, Liu, Victor Radley's due back. They've got a tough, tough forward pack. Um, so they can stop the momentum of other teams going forward and just limit the amount of time or space that their halves and their, their ball players have to play, then, yeah, they could. They, they, they could, but I just, as I said, I just can't see that the Storm Rail Roosters is not being the grand final. Well, that is all eight games from round 25 of the NRL Telstra Premiership on the Sunday session. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thanks again, Kenny Scott, for being here. And, uh, Gal, obviously, thanks to you for dialing in and uh, sharing your thoughts. No worries. Cheers, boys. Have a good one.